0: Welcome back, everyone. On today's episode, we're going to be discussing our individual musical journeys as well as our musical journey together as friends growing up. With that said, I'm Q. I'm A. And this is, is Q&A. And A.
1: Yeah, guys. So welcome back to another week, another episode. Um, again, as Kyle prefaced in the intro. Uh, today, we're talking about our musical journeys as individuals. And again, like for both of us, like they kind of overlap at one point. Right. Um, and again, when, you know, either me or Kyle, we're both pretty musical in our own ways. Kyle's like Mr. Music in a lot of ways. So I think I think with that, I'm going to let Kyle start um, because he had an influence on me in a way and me getting into music. So, Kyle, with that being said, you do that and uh, I'll follow up.
0: Yeah, so uh, I'll start with. I'm not going to go too much into this because I talked about it in a previous podcast. I believe it was episode two that we discussed uh, this and, you know, my discovering of Green Day at a young age. And I went pretty in depth with that in that episode. But that's really where it all started for me was Green Day's American Idiot. uh, And that really launched my love for music. But, you know, take it before that in like my parents' cars and things like that growing up. uh, You know, I always liked music. Uh but for me it was more classic rock at first like Ozzy, Metallica, Rush, Boston, Hole, uh you know, things like that. The band's name is Hole? Yeah, Courtney Love's band. But hell,
1: I've never heard of that.
0: Oh my god. No me, son. I'm super What's your favorite band, Hole? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how many people say that Hole was their favorite band, <laughs> but uh one of their albums uh it was a pretty big album in my childhood. Uh but yeah, you know, things like that were always around and then it was when i discovered green day i feel like everyone has that moment in their life where yes you grow up and you kind of have your parents music taste you listen to whatever they're listening to you know and i still like all that music like that don't get me wrong i still love all of that but for me discovering green day was my kind of kickoff into my own musical journey my own musical coming independent yeah at the age yeah. of oh god what was how old are you in fourth grade what's fourth- eight or nine eight or nine nine
1: probably
0: yeah so yeah to me that's what that was it was kind of my introduction into discovering my own music from there uh then from there is green day and good charlotte were kind of at the same time so i was kind of in that pop punk sphere of things uh fallout boy was not long after that as well with their from under the cork tree record and that was in middle school i think really them and then panic the disco with their first record. Mm-hmm. And then from there, I got into progressively heavier things as time went on, uh, towards the end of the middle school years and like early high school. That's kind of when the, uh, early, not early, but like that mid metal core scene was coming out Yeah, with, uh, you know, like asking Alexandria, motionless, and white, bring me the horizon, all that, that really kicked off my love for the heavier stuff before that, I liked like the eighties thrash and hair metal. And then that really kicked off my love. Them and Bullet My Valentine were like the big the big push for to me to get into heavier things. And I go a little bit heavier than Steven in most cases. Yes. Um, uh, to the point, you know, I got all the way into like the death core and I will
1: listen to just like bloody murder scream and be like, This was a masterpiece of an album
0: and not yes. me though. <laughs> yes. So I go all the way to the extreme. So my extremes range from easy listening to folk, to country, to rock, to literally everything. Um, So that's where I kind of started. And I realized as the years went on that I've, my music tastes have continued to change, even, you know, past, you know, teenage years and early twenties to the point now, I don't find myself listening to the, the aggressive music as much as I did back in the day, which was you know, I guess the angsty teen years, which you don't really realize you're in it when you're when you're, in, when it, you're yeah. in it. But then years later, like some of the songs come on now. I'm like, yeah, they're good songs. I see why I liked them, but I don't go and seek them out anymore. Now I'm in for more of a more fun, like yeah, feel just good happier. type vibe. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, lately I've actually gotten in the past couple of years, got more and more into country. Yeah, uh, you know, that's my thing now. I just feel like it's happier it's yeah i'm not like an angsty kid anymore so i don't gravitate towards a lot of those newer bands like don't get me wrong like all the bands i used to listen to when they have a new record come out i'm the first one to hear it i'm i'm loving it i go Mm -hmm. to see it like slipknot they released an album last year love them that album not so much that's a whole nother story though (laughs) uh but yeah so i mean that's me uh steven i don't know you want to go into yours now
1: yeah. I, well, I know at some point we're going to like kind of crisscross here. Yep. Um, for me, like me and Kyle's music thing is different. Like I know Kyle got like started at a really young age. Uh, and for me, it's weird because like my dad, my whole life was always a DJ. Um, and I didn't really like listen to music much, honestly, despite that fact,
0: you know? Yeah. I never um, remember you listening to music no, as a kid. Like never listened to music. Uh, and you did have hit clips though as kids. Well, I did have a hit clip, yes. Yes, I remember I thought I was the coolest
1: freaking little kid at Red Wing Park, which is like this little, like, dinky lake by our house. And I had my one earbud in from my hit clip, listening to the same 30 second track over and over. Uh, I had Supergirl as one song, and I was like, I don't know why I was like really vibing off Supergirl, but like, you know, I was. If you know me, it it tracks. As the kids really, say. they predicted TikTok decades earlier. They did, yeah. No, it's kind of interesting how it kind of would be. That might have been more successful these days, but, but anyway. So apart from hit clips, uh, you know, I didn't really get into music. And I remember it got to the point where you know I did school band. Like so, from like fifth grade through ninth grade, I was in the school band. So I had a little bit of it in elementary school, middle school, and high school. Uh, but like, I don't know, the xylophone only gets you so far, definitely wasn't a chick magnet type of, uh, instrument and I wasn't the most athletic and part of me was like, oh, I really want to like play music. Cause like you, you, you got to the age where people were kind of into it or you, you heard about bands, like people were in bands or whatever. It became cool. It became cool. Yeah. And you, and I know Colin Ray listened to like all those type of bands. Like it's like he said, um, listening to like all time low or, mm-hmm. You listen to Mayday Parade yep. or, you know, a bunch of different other things. Good Charlotte, Green Day, whoever it was. And they all had like this cool look. And you're like, I want to be cool, Ma. I want to be cool. And so anyway, as I mentioned in that one thing, I, I took drum lessons. I asked for, uh, I think, my drum teacher at the time, uh, Joe caroza which, again, if you're ever looking for drum teachers and he still does it, he's fantastic. But um, he came to my middle school. And I was like, my, I think I want to do real drum set lessons. And so I think the summer before ninth grade, I started taking real drum set lessons. Cal and Ray had started the band, as we had mentioned in a different podcast as well. We um, had also
0: started lessons and are just learning our respective instruments around, around the that same, same time. time.
1: Yeah. And so I was like, but they had asked this kid, Sonny, who had." been starting he had started playing the whole set as a whole like I had been doing like rudimentary stuff on snare drum and stuff like that so I already had some knowledge but but the whole set he had a little more experience and I was like low-key like butt hurt that like I wasn't in the band and I'm like yo I'm about to take over and so uh I took lessons uh again throughout high school um and that kind of changed the trajectory of everything but I guess the one thing I did want to preface before me and Kyle kind of get into that part I think because that's where we kind of segue is that Kyle and Ray both had a big influence on me and my music taste, because I didn't really have a music taste until high school. And then ninth grade rolled around. They were in 10th grade. Again, if you Mm reference the podcast of how I was a failure as a kindergartner (laughs) and I was held back a year. They were in 10th grade, I came in as a ninth grader. And so, uh, you know, I kind of picked up their music, like My Chemical Romance, right? And- Yeah, and we would um, give you- like CDs and you to gave listen me CDs, to, like yeah. burned you some as
0: well. Yeah, uh,
1: get scared. You gave me. Get you scared. gave me the fall first reverse Universe the first record. Reverse. I yeah. Still don't own that one. Wow, um, still? I still don't have, you the, still still have one. the burned one. Yep, still the burned one. And I remember for Christmas, the first two CDs I ever actually asked for and got was uh, Good Charlotte's Cardiology and Lincoln Parks' A Thousand Suns, hmm. um, and. It's just crazy because I was like, oh, these are good. And, like, at the time is when, like, all all the issues I had with my OCD is, again, another podcast. God, we're really wrapping it all together here. But uh, that's when that started to come. So, like, that, I heard the music. And similar to Kyle, like, some of the songs were happy. Like, Good Charlotte was somewhat happy.
0: Yeah, uh, that was a happy record. Yeah, that was a happier yeah. record. Uh, but Linkin Park was not that happy in that record. Like No, they- I mean, that's a concept album about nuclear... Warfare. <laughs> oh, <but. laughs>
1: well, they had "Waiting for the End," yep. and I loved that song. I, I covered it in my drum lessons because I was got to choose a different song I wanted to learn how to play. Um, and then
0: "Iridescent." Iridescent
1: I used for my symbolism in music project for English class, uh, and that song like made me.
0: And you used like, uh, "Let the Music Play" by Good Charlotte from the Cardiology album, didn't you?
1: I I let let the music play. I put that in my Stephen Ashley presentation for Microsoft. Oh, Office that's class. right. Yeah, that's yeah. right but iridescent i like really deep dived into it and i was like that song like always hits me deep because it was just like you could take it so many different ways but but again it's interesting that when you're sad the sad music almost negates it, you feel better but when you're happy you almost don't want to hear the sad music sometimes
0: uh oh yeah i mean when i'm driving and like a sad song comes on i'm like you know i love this song not in the mood for this right now so yeah. you just skip it and there i have a lot of albums as a whole like that that back in the day in like high school i would have Love to listen to that album on repeat and as an angsty kid that was kind of my thing uh-huh like all that moody music and now i'm just like eh, yeah
1: yeah yeah it doesn't always not feel right bad, some but, days you feel it but other days not really yeah
0: and i found that for me anyway and i don't know if it's the same for you but for me it goes like seasonal too
1: oh yeah for sure like in so the nice. summer
0: i'm not finding myself listening to a lot of like the dark really music. dark like metal core and like yeah. the heavier things i find myself more listening to the fun like you said like all-time low like more upbeat pop punk yeah. type things or like country that's a very summer yeah genre happier
1: pop punk or, or country is always a vibe in the summer yeah. or uh what is it um i like edm cause like edm but edm is kind of an all-year vibe for me but like more so when it's nice out you're like if you're going for a run or a walk outside you just feel like it's just uplifting but but yeah I don't know, but anyway, I guess like the part we were gonna go into was we started the band. I kind of got ahead of ourselves, but I feel like this uh, this podcast wouldn't be anything without discussing mm-hmm. our time in the band together uh, and like like that progression and or sometimes the lack thereof. You know? Oh yeah,
0: yeah, definitely. I mean, there were so many iterations of the band too. Yeah, I mean, from the time like you mentioned when we started it, initially it was me ray sunny then we added you or no no even before that i think you Charles sebastian me and then ray on drums who never and i think we covered this slightly in another episode he never formally but he never played he had no the drum background if he had a drum set yeah and then it was i think our friends alec and sebastian and then we realized we can't play the genre we were trying to be like uh, escape the fate and Ask Alexandria and like that whole metal core scene. At the time, keep in mind we had only been playing our instruments for about less than a year, oh, probably only a few months. Because as long as I loved music, I did not get a guitar until right before ninth grade, I think, or maybe even during the ninth grade. Mm-hmm. Because when I was a kid, I played the drums His parents back in like, forced elementary them on to the set. school, <laughs> and no, I wanted to play them, and yeah. then you know. I was a kid. I was in elementary school. I didn't want to practice. Uh-huh. So then after that, my parents did not want me to pick up anything else and, you know, commit to lessons because they kind of figured, well, he's not going to stick with it. But I picked up the guitar and I stuck with it. I but at the time, because yeah. I really wanted to do it. I really understood what I wanted to do, you know. But at the time, we had been playing instruments for a couple months, all of us. We sounded horrendous and realized we can't do this. But we were able to play, play in you know quotation marks here, uh, pop punk.
1: Well, well, I don't even know so if it was much pop, Cal, except for like punk, like we yes. were like uh, the Sex Pistols level. Yes. Uh. So that's when we <laughs>
0: brought in Stephen on the drums, who one of the best decisions. First of all, Steven's the best drummer I know. Thank you, Cal. Uh, but that you know we took that and we're gonna we were like we're gonna be a more pop punk oriented band yes we were for the first probably half of our existence as a band definitely more along the punk side of like ramon sex pistols and and all that
1: yeah stuff where you can like audibly
0: sound almost bad but it's intentional at yeah the same time. <laughs> yeah yeah so we we did not sound great uh you know we played our first show and we definitely shouldn't have Low I count. wish someone would have talked us out of that one.
1: Well, you know, what happened was, is that there's this place called The Room, which is no longer a thing in Brookfield, yeah, Connecticut. Connecticut. And it was like, we we had wanted to play a show. We weren't quite ready. But I remember Alec was in the band, our friend Alec. And then he yep. kind of left the band because he had too he much too going busy. on. Uh, and then, but he kind of became our quote unquote manager. You know, we we're just ninth, ninth, and tenth grade <laughs> yeah, cool. Of time. Yep. Uh but anyway. Well, he was
0: always the social one of us. He
1: was super social compared to all of us at that time. Uh and I feel like he like, you know, got us someplace. So he he somehow figured out about the room thing. And then um we got in on that. But we weren't ready, but we were like, Oh, we'll make sure we're ready. And so I remember we practiced uh we tried to do Fat Lip which is a very like fast song to stay together cohesively as a group if you don't have a lot of time yeah. if you
0: never really played ever in your and you know, we just did starting. not stay together on that one. You did not. It came out horrible. Uh when we were playing it though we were in our minds we were thinking wow we are killing this right. During practices we thought we just killed that. Yeah,
1: yeah. It's kind of like you think everyone's looking at you because you're attractive, but low key got like a booger hanging out of your nose. Like it was kind of like that, but mm-hmm. but with the band. But yeah. at the same time, that I think part of our aesthetic was we 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 didn't really sound great in no. the beginning in any capacity. No, vocally. No offense, Ray. Vocally. Instrumentally, um, instrumentally, like so. All in all, there was nothing going for us. But the one thing we did have going was Ray was also
0: super charismatic, super charismatic, such a stage presence. That's a lot of the one emo chicks really liked had.
1: Ray back in the day. Yep. and like you could tell he had like size zero skinny jeans, or whatever, <laughs> and like he just looked the part. He also had yeah. like odd hair. <laughs> yeah, they had the long hair back. <laughs> had I long had the long hair, hair that was kind of kinky. He yeah. had kinky, interesting long yeah. hair. But, and
0: you know. That's that was our big saving grace, though, is the charisma, because even without the, I guess, musical integrity to it, we had we're able to get people into it
1: like people had fun because it was just kind of like wild. Yeah. But at the same time, like, you know, we owe we owe Ray for that because Kyle was not doing that. I was not doing Mm -mm. that at the time. And so, like, you know, in a way
0: nowadays, I feel like we could be more all of us be more charismatic but at the time it was no. no I was
1: so uncomfortable you could just tell by my posture behind the set like we we had pictures taken of us and I just remember everything and I between what I would wear I remember one show I had black Adidas the, the classic Adidas yep yeah, black Adidas with the red, black and red Adidas so it was red stripes on a black Adidas shoe and then I had uh you know no show socks. I had my and one basketball shorts black because I thought they went way better with stuff. I hated the other ones. And then I wore a tap out shirt. And I also always was sure to style my hair in the exact way. My mom low key said I was ugly. Uh, she never called me ugly. my mom always thought I was like a cutie, but like, but she told me that no woman was ever going to like my hair the way I did it. And (laughs) low key or very high key. Now she was telling me the absolute truth in the nicest way possible. Uh, and I appreciate that, but it's too late to go back and fix what I did. So all in all, imagine that behind the drum set. Then you had Kyle on guitar and Kyle was very quiet. I was I
0: quiet. I think I was in a, a middle ground between at least your style was on style point. point. Yeah. Your style. style was on I, had. Point. I was always a quiet guy. I still am. But now, like if we were to play now, You're I wouldn't feel like that. Yeah. I'd be more comfortable. And then even towards the end of our, the last couple of shows mm-hmm. that we played was more, you know, comfortable up there and.
1: But also, I feel like More it just came, it. I feel like it came with the territory, Kyle, because we both, like, we're not ones to act like we know everything. Or like We're not one of those people that are super narcissistic and think we're the best. And I think in order for humble people to be comfortable, you have to be confident. And I think low-key, we weren't confident in what we were oh, bringing. No. You know what I mean? Like, nope. it was stressful because we had never done it before. It was way early in the band career, like two or three months max.
0: It was... Um, well, it depends what we want to count. If we want to count like from that lineup when we really started because this is if we count from when Alec left to that show, mm-hmm. then yeah, it was only like probably about 3 months and we yeah. you keep in mind we would practice once a week. Once a week. Yeah, we it did play like when we practiced, we we practiced for like the entire day, probably entire about 6 day. hours. And we always today. did food,
1: like we typically did pizza, bagels at my—I mean, pizza rolls at my house. But yep. Ray, we usually were at Ray's house, so I think a lot in high school, oh, more yeah. so.
0: Yep. And. Band moms burgers. Yes, and
1: Ray's mom was always home, and she made the best damn cheeseburgers
0: mm-hmm. uh
1: and like that's what i remember most was like it was just so fun like we'd get together yeah, and we'd eat together fun. we didn't
0: take it too seriously
1: sometimes we spent way too long at lunch yeah. but like we had a good time just hanging out chatting and but, like eating
0: i mean come on you gotta admit the amount of time especially when we would be recording things mm-hmm. that we'd be having like a rough practice and then take a break to eat and come back and it was it completely turned around yeah, and we yeah. played together so much better and just mm-hmm. the practice always had such a fun vibe to it them. was just
1: some fun to do for us and like i think that was like the best like when i think about high school when i think of us older in the band i think of my house because that's where yeah. we always were but when i think of high school like the very early days always think of ray's house uh yeah. and raised dog max and yeah. like occasionally we'd put like a fucking what did he put on him a <laughs> Cheese nut- or like a goldfish nut- or something yeah we put some on, on his like on his back on his back but he would know it was there but he'd keep looking backwards to try and find it
0: he wouldn't shake it off either no, yeah it was that, just was so good. Cute, that was so cute yeah.
1: but it was just good good feelings and and i think it was like a nice way to spend one day that we i think sunday right yeah
0: and it was a way that yeah, it was usually Sunday thing because I think sometimes Saturday practice.
1: Saturday got a little bit more low key yeah. in the winter. Yeah. yeah,
0: but you know, I think that it it was also just a great way for us to all get to hang out every week too.
1: Yeah, and you got to give it us credit because for something that our parents weren't paying for, yep. and we just did on our own free will. We were like wicked consistent
0: like we met every week it was very very rare, rare that, we that, that we didn't, didn't. It was usually because yeah. there's something going on it's usually because it. someone was like away on vacation or something mm-hmm. and that was a couple times a year i mean this was we're talking like three four straight years yeah. and our, my mom
1: would drive me when we first started i didn't have a oh, license
0: yeah the first like year and a half yeah two no years almost we didn't no one had cars because we were what 14 yeah i mean
1: 14 and 15 yeah yeah so that's, that's kind of crazy when you think i don't even really
0: remember that like I know being well, driven to Ray's house. The first... So, we over the time in our band, we recorded about three three albums and an EP. An acoustic yes. EP. acoustic EP. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Is that the one with the, the Ray's tractor? tractor? The tractor? <laughs> yeah, the tractor <laughs> sessions, because okay. they were recorded in Ray's <laughs> yeah. garage.
0: Oh, that was God. great. <laughs> um, that one actually sounded pretty good. Yeah. But the first... I didn't realize this until uh, not too long, a couple months ago. The first one we ever put out was over ten years ago now. That's scary. Yeah, it was I think November 2012. Oh my Lord, something like that. It was, yeah, that that made me feel really old. That was deteriorate. That was deteriorate, yep. which was terrible. Um,
1: I made the cover
0: <laughs> had about you drew the cover in pencil, pen. yes, as a thing, and I went on Photoshop, added a mosaic background to it, and just did the color fill option. Which, the cover didn't look too bad. The cover
1: didn't look that bad. The cover
0: did not look bad for, you know, just some kid Photoshopping it. (laughs) But, the music on it, uh, outside of about maybe two songs, pretty unsalvageable. Yes. (laughs) Uh, Looking back on it. (laughs) I hope they bury me with RC. (laughs) Yeah. See, see I have a closet full of them over there. I have a whole box with a bunch of our old burned CDs.
1: Yeah, guys. So if you ever, if you want to ever dabble in uh, Nights and Nothing, hit us up.
0: Oh, you didn't just say the name. What? People are gonna find us now. Kyle, it's fine. yeah. Uh, you might as well give go them listen context, to it. Go, <laughs> go, listen to it. I think the recordings are still up somewhere. Yeah. Every album's up there.
1: Uh huh. I won't go be. See, I don't go telling people I like don't really know about it. hmm Like my students, I would never tell my students. Like when I say I'm bad now, they're dancing. gonna know what that's well, now they they're find gonna, it. No yeah. i'm hoping they never find this but but yeah
0: but you know it was fun i think that's what it all comes down to is that we had fun we and had then a good time so then you know fast forward we had the first two you know albums we did and when i say we did albums we recorded and we had like an eight track uh zoom recorder um, at home that we would plug into
1: but the first one i think we met at gary's Wasn't yes, the, the first, first album one completely we did Gary? At
0: my guitar teacher's place and then after that we had our own little eight track recorder yeah so you could record eight tracks on it um you know we didn't have drum mics or anything so the drums were always recorded as just one live room basement track so the it's drums... hard to hear the bass yeah at, towards the last album we did start micing the bass drum
1: Oh, I think you're right. We did start doing yeah.
0: that just to solve that problem, but a lot of mm-hmm. times, like the symbols could get a little lost in the fills. Yes. So it was still very raw. Like when I say we did albums, we didn't go to a studio and do I don't these think professional it's any sleek production. No. Yeah. But towards the end, we did the first two. The first, the second one was way better than the first one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that one yeah, actually, it was way better. That one actually has some songs on it that I'm like they're salvageable today like yeah. if we took them and if we re-recorded recorded them, them they'd they'd hold up cuz then we started using an electronic drum kit once we realized
1: it just offered a way more crisp that sound that it got
0: us a crisper sound cuz we weren't going to invest in cuz at this point in the band we knew we weren't like going anywhere we were, like this. We were all starting at this point. to go to college yeah and we just kind of figured we still want to do the band we still want to record some stuff let's make it sound crisp. We don't want to invest in expensive drum mics for this Uh and studio time. So we got, I have an electronic drum kit and we recorded our last few things on that. And it sounded so much better Mm -hmm. that presented its own set of problems too. But right after the second album, we brought in our friend Nick Uh on bass, which I think was one of the smartest things we ever did. Oh yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, in addition to freeing Ray up to be more, um, up front on on stage uh, and focus on vocals then he ended up picking up second guitar towards the end which was very helpful too yeah and that added a much more full sound so moral of the story here is at the end towards the end when we really started to actually understand how to write a song and put together music and play Mm -hmm. together we had very well written songs you know i don't want to toot our own horn here
1: no for what it's worth i think
0: but especially once we actually like that third albums worth of songs Uh and plus we did a few after that that we have floating around out there too yeah and when we all started to focus on we kind of wanted to go like a blink 182 route where Mm -hmm. we did multiple vocalists so we had ray doing vocals he still did the majority but we had you do vocals on some songs i did a little bit i think that really worked to our favor as well because it gave us more different stylings and variation
1: yeah i think that like for us, I think like we did really come a long way, like not that it was ever like amazing, amazing, but like you can tell that like the, what's cool about it is you could tell like we started from like nothing. It's almost like if, when I look at photos of me, never working out before to now, it's crazy, but you don't see that difference in real time. And then same with our music, like it was horrible in the beginning and you can actually truly see how we got better not only musically speaking and cohesively, but, like, the lyrics were just so much more mature. Oh, yeah. Like, if you look at the the lyrics uh, and everything about it... It's well, just, the
0: first album was full of, like, just angsty lyrics. Like, oh, fuck you. And it was almost, like, jokey. It was almost, yeah. like, not, like... like it was
1: Yeah, it wasn't, yeah. like... The lyrics became more sincere and deep, I think, in the second album yep. going on. But I think it also came with, one, being more comfortable with the instruments, so the instrumentation was better, and we, we had a better idea of, like, different parts of a song right like the verse or the bridge or the chorus or whatever and then also i think once you're in a band long enough and we started hearing other bands when we would play at the room or wherever we play Mm -hmm. i think you start listening to music not only for the lyrics anymore but you listen with more intention of like oh i liked what they did there and so i think whether consciously or subconsciously we we became better just by being more focused on how does this kind of relate to what we're doing right
0: yeah because once once you're in a band you're playing music you do look at things very differently i mean even today when i listen to music you know we don't play we occasionally jam every so often we tried to get like a cover band thing going a while we did, ago we
1: and we got pretty i know for like we did get pretty far the majority you know. of us in that in that band we got like 17 songs down and i was like we were like close like we yeah. could have had it but it, it kind of fell through for a few reasons but but and then we we tried to reinvigorate it. I guess the yeah. word is
0: we brought in uh, this. Uh, we brought in another this guy, person. Jason. Yeah, and then it and it just
1: kind of fizzled out. But I think of we just out got
0: schedules. We just got busy schedules, and yeah, you know maybe we'll bring it back. We almost
1: did the Green Day cover band idea because Jason legitimately sounds like Billy John. Yeah, it's crazy. Like we I, we could totally be a Green Day cover band.
0: Yeah, maybe we'll bring that back at some point. Maybe
1: one day. But again, this kind of leads us to why we're almost here today. Is like with. We're doing, me and Kyle are always like always, we've always super been the consistent, very ones. consistent. Out of
0: everyone we know, we've always been the two most consistent. Yeah, I don't know why it just, just always worked always out, always out that way, has regardless worked. of what the situation is, regardless of what we're doing. It's just always been, yep, Kyle and Steven will be there.
1: Yeah, just always making that time to get there and stuff. I do have to say, Kyle, the one thing I didn't add was that, uh, not that it's like super relevant, but also on the side now, I've been doing DJing. Mm -hmm. like trying to figure that out so like again another thing just keeping you going with music or or just hanging out with each other kyle's not my co-dj but but you know just like doing different things and i know kyle for a fact he still gets new guitars and he still just plays on his own with that you know what i mean and so we're still both involved but it's more so independently now with music and this is kind of what we do in the podcast is for some to do together
0: yeah and you know maybe one day we'll we have been talking about re-recording some more old stuff and getting maybe some like different vocals and different like mm-hmm. lyric changes on there to make it something we can actually be fully proud of. Yeah, and then show maybe people. we'll release
1: it and then yeah. maybe a different, a different name or something. Yeah. So
0: that's something I'm looking forward to doing. Yeah. But I also want to add when we're talking about how you look at music differently when you're in a band, it's so true because when I, I learned so many lessons just from being in the band, not just musically, but also life lessons uh-huh. that even when I go to a concert now, I watched the bands differently than I did prior to being in a band because I'm watching what they're doing. And, you know, it's a learning experience, too, mm-hmm. from when we were doing it. And I, I tried to incorporate a lot of things that, you know, I saw other bands doing, professional or not, yeah, into what we kind of did. One of my uh, favorite um, bands, and actually the reason for me wanting to be in a band, believe it or not, was not Green Day.
1: Wait, was this prior to you ever starting any band, period, Kyle? Uh,
0: yes. Okay. The main reason I wanted to start a band... Green Day has always been my inspiration for, you know, pretty much everything. Uh Our music, if you listen to it, is very far based in, like, a Green Day type sound. Mm -hmm. But Motley Crue. When I read Motley Crue's book, The Dirt... Oh my god. I wanted to be Motley Crue, dude. That was they, lived. they were so cool. Like the life they they lived was so extravagant. They and were the ridiculous. pinnacle of what it, what they. That was the it rock star as. life. Yeah. Uh-huh. And you know, take out like the heroin overdoses and like the the, drugs the ridiculous things like that. But yeah. the rest of that lifestyle was like, that's fun. That that's cool. what I want me and my friends to be doing. I'm starting a band. That's so crazy. And it was like within a year, is when I started that first iteration of uh, what band. became our band. Yeah.
1: I never knew the book was that old, the dirt.
0: Oh yeah. Well they, now it is. Well, I mean well, at the time they made
1: it into the Netflix movie.
0: Yeah. If you have if
1: you didn't read the book, definitely the Netflix movie, the the reenactment of it is phenomenal.
0: And the book is like twenty times better. Yeah,
1: that's what Kyle said. I haven't not had time to read the book yet, but that's what Kyle says. It said. is
0: so good. And yeah, it's old now. I mean it was even when I read it it wasn't too old, but it was a few years old at that uh-huh. point. Now it's now it's a little older. Oh
1: my god, but it was so crazy cool like they just they they were just like the pinnacle of like you just watching you're like cool
0: vibes right yeah and they're one of those bands that their music a lot of it a lot of it's great i love most of it on a pure musical standpoint but there's they're one of those bands that especially in a live setting yes they're not the best band musically Mm. but their attitude and charisma and everything about them makes up for it yeah right, and that's absolutely. one of the things that i always felt like we had going for us and that's why you know a lot of people ask me like why did you never get another vocalist again sorry ray if you're listening um <laughs> it's nothing nothing personal at all i think you'll also be the first to tell people as our way agrees yeah yeah but that was one of the main draws for me was what why didn't we well i don't want to trade the charisma of having someone and also we were all we friends, were all though, friends. Too. yeah like yeah. it's hard to add a fourth member nick worked because he was also a friend yeah we didn't know anyone else that sang but nick
1: also didn't sing even if he came in in high yeah. school he still didn't sing so we we're still in the same boat but yeah it's hard definitely you need to have a chemistry and we didn't want to like break up we didn't want to have some awkward vibe there because some person
0: and that again that charisma was just too good and i was like this is this is a front man like, that's what we mm-hmm. needed to make up for everything else, especially yeah. at the time. And I think it goes to say something, that Ray's dad, if I remember correctly, this should have been a hint for us that we weren't very good, pretty sure his favorite song of ours oh, was no. a joke song that I wrote that Steven wrote sitting, we were sitting in a hotel room after My Chemical Romance concert, mm-hmm. after just having had breakfast, after just having had the nice continental breakfast at the hotel. And he started playing a beat on his legs and writing a little joke rap song <laughs> about cinnamon buns. I
1: love cinnamon buns. That we
0: recorded at least three different versions of uh-huh. called Heavy Buns. <laughs> it was so good, though. And it was so it's good. It's about 50 seconds long. It's ridiculous, but it's great. And that was always Ray's dad's favorite song of ours. That definitely should and have And that should have said college. something, especially years in, that should yeah. have said something about the quality of music we were putting out at the but, time.
1: But I'm not going to lie, Cinnamon Buns was a Great unexpected song. masterpiece.
0: Oh, it was. Yeah. It is I will say it was one of the best things we <laughs> ever put out.
1: It was always fun to play.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah. cuz it was like a it was like a kind of like a new metal like rap type like it, it, it was cool. It had like yeah. a chugging like breakdown type riff behind it and
1: Yeah, I don't know what you would compare that to today, but it almost gave me like Papa Roach-ish with like that. Kind and, of like uh,
0: Suicidal Tendencies uh, sound with their, you know, the song Institutionalized. Uh, sound kind of, something like goofy, fun, dumb like that. Yeah. But, yeah. So, I mean, that's... After that, we just kind of went and, you know, it kind of fizzled out eventually. Yeah. We all went to college. we all At that point, we'd all gone away to college for a while. You know, some of us stayed local and for a little bit We weren't bit even then... really
1: close like because you you stayed you were a duchess for one extra year because yep. then i left so your first year duchess you and christina went to duchess then ray went to manhattan and then i was in high school yep and then i went to endicott so then we were like very all far. yeah one well,
0: and then i went to binghamton so then we were all just super scattered far away. yeah so at that point it just fizzled out and we would occasionally come back on breaks and i think we, we wrote once. like two more songs or unrecorded two more that mm-hmm. i think are some of our best towards oh. the
1: end it was really getting somewhere but again, we recorded it was one timing. under a
0: different name because I think we were trying to do like a whole at the time we were trying to do like a whole change sound we were
1: trying to reinvent change ourselves. reinvent as more of like
0: an alternative type what do call
1: thing? Kind of some Clifton, uh, Clifton Avenue. Avenue yeah
0: that one's on Spotify
1: oh it is on Spotify that
0: song is on Spotify oh my god so if you're listening go check it out oh god I don't know about that <laughs> give us those point zero zero one cents of Spotify money
1: I know we're barely making it these days
0: but yeah I mean from there it fizzled out and then we ha- got into that cover band thing and you know I think for me personally music is still a huge part of my life mm-hmm. um, you know I have I think covered on another you podcast did. earlier but I have a about 900 scenes. CDs here just you know collection keeps growing and see music is something very personal to me it speaks to me on lyrical emotional levels even to this day I have found it harder and the older i get mm-hmm. to listen to keep up with a lot of the albums coming out but i try you know i do my best and uh you know it, it makes me feel young too
1: well that's true too yeah one day we're just going to be like those old retired people in a senior living facility listening to like hardcore screamo music yeah, it's or, pop be punk weird. or like whatever it's going to be odd like it's not going to be like today where uh, old people have genuinely their music sounds old Always. and poor quality production because yeah. that's all there was you yeah know?
0: yeah what? i mean now think about it and when we're old where where else could production on music possibly go at this point how much mm-hmm. more polished could it sound
1: i it really can't it,
0: it's i think yeah. it reached its limit but what's interesting on that front is we are going to be able to see there are going to be two like factions in the nursing home one listening to like the hardcore metal and then the others listening to like the hardcore like gangster rap stuff.
1: Oh God, yeah, and it just can be really weird to like hardcore rap music about
0: at the age of like ninety having sex and doing
1: drugs, and they're gonna be like ninety, and like your your grandkids are gonna come and you're gonna be like, what?
0: This is the music from my day.
1: <laughs> this is what we used to bump to back in the day. Oh, back yeah, that's in the weird. Back in the tens, the nineteen tens. I mean the twenty tens.
0: And you know, Steven, I don't know, I don't know about you, but for me. I haven't felt like I've hit that age yet where I've become that old man shaking his fist at the kids' music being terrible these days. No, I don't think so. I still find things I enjoy yeah. in it.
1: In a lot of ways, I and Kyle would probably agree. I have somewhat like not great music taste in some respects. But in other respects, I have the same music taste as Kyle.
0: You know? Steven's an interesting example to me. I've never met anyone <laughs> quite like it where we have such overlapping music tastes for a majority of things like 80% of it's like the like 80% but then the other 20% is things that I'm he'll play in the car and I'm like what the hell am I listening to <laughs> like right what now is, how does my it brain is some like the worst things I've heard but Steven loves it
1: Yeah, it's, it is weird that like I like that and then Kyle like hates it but 80% of the stuff we agree on
0: half the time it's some like no-name DJ doing like some remix of a song he's like this song Slaps! <laughs> oh my god! I, no, cow, I have
1: like a fifty-hour playlist of EDM music. I've been curating it for years at this point.
0: What's interesting though is so much of it is just like no-name DJs that I've yes. never heard of. No
1: name. There's some. There's some like big names like if you're listening, and you like music like that, like Mako.
0: Yeah, I know. I have probably I know like him. six
1: songs by Mako, and Mako is really good. Um,
0: yeah, I mean, there's a couple yeah, a few, EDM can, that a I like. You yeah. always hear
1: Martin Garrix is. Like Walker. he was mainstream, Alan. Yeah, Alan Walker. I don't I listen to him too much, but like I like some of his stuff. But he has some good stuff.
0: Steve like, Aoki. He has some good remixes of certain songs. Sometimes he's on he's hit songs. Or miss.
1: Yeah, he can be hit or miss. But but and then but other than that, there's like a lot of random people, like a lot of random people that like it's hard to even remember. Like I'll know the song, but it's hard to like know, like what the artist name is you know what i mean like i'll hear yeah. the song and be like oh i know that you know yeah like for instance kyle I, I have to do it because it's just like so weird uh for instance like uh blow or blow. i don't even know how they say it but it's number three lau uh seven lions is actually pretty big i've like they released albums Millennium is yeah, a lot of people heard of ellenium yeah.
0: yeah. Uh, that uh, Griffin. That Elenium remix of Colors by Halsey. Yes. Way better than the original song.
1: A lot of the things that are covers of the Colors. Covers of Colors are usually better than yes. the actual original. But yeah, a lot of those, like, so you, you end up hearing a lot of people that, like, are also not as big. Like, like I don't know, like Blaster Jacks, Breathe Carolina, Rain Man, stuff like that. But again, all in all, uh, hit or miss. If it's Kyle talking, mostly miss. Mostly taste. miss.
0: I have my own EDM <laughs> playlist. If Steven were to look at it, it'd be minuscule.
1: Comparatively, yeah.
0: Oh, c- comparatively to probably anyone that listens to EDM. Occasionally
1: you do like some songs that I show you. I like, do, like, yeah. I, I, like I
0: do have a playlist of ones that I do enjoy. I was actually listening to some the other day, and I wish I remembered what it was because I wanted to talk to you about it. Oh, really? I'm sure it'll hit me at some point.
1: Well, we're we're taking a ride later to. Yep. to walk around Walmart or whatever, so we'll figure it out.
0: Yeah, relive our youth.
1: Relive our youth as we just relived our youth in this podcast.
0: And with that said, this has been Q and A. Please listen on Spotify. Yep. Share it out with people. Give us a follow. Yeah, just we're tell also your available friend. wherever you get podcasts.
1: Really, yeah. And just tell your friends about like just get one person to try it out. Just do us a big favor if you're listening. Just have one person listen to it. Like give them our best episode in your opinion, you know? And Yeah, they- I'm
0: curious to see what that would be for people.
1: Yeah, that would be a good poll to ask what one was the best one.
0: Yeah, maybe I'll attach it on Spotify here. Yeah, maybe we'll do that. All right, All right well, cool. with that said, this has been Q&A. I'm Q. and i am qi am A. And we'll see you next, next time. time.